G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. With all the information, ideas, opinions that get thrown at us these days, we have to filter them. question is, what filter do you apply? For most of us, the filter goes something like this. What's in it for me? But then, how does that filter go when we're trying to listen to God speak? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program today as we take another look at your life from a different perspective. I recall as a child and a teenager growing up that my parents were most concerned with the company I kept. Of course, there comes a time when they no longer have much influence over that. But I recall finding this interest in the company I kept being somewhat annoying, frankly, particularly as a teenager. I mean, what business was it of theirs anyway? But once I became a parent... I knew exactly what they were on about. The company we keep has a huge impact on the directions we take in life. The people around us influence us. If we get in with a good crowd, they'll bring out our best. If we get in with the wrong crowd, well, that can be disastrous. Many a wonderful person's life has been sidetracked and even completely ruined because of the people to whom they'd given the right to influence them. Influence, it turns out, is a powerful thing. A good influence can lead us to develop into a strong and loving and creative person. A bad influence can lead some people to be nasty and mean and stunted. A bad influence can lead to crime. A bad influence can seriously ruin a life. I wonder if we took stock of the people and the TV shows and the social attitudes and I wonder if we took a close, hard look at the key influences in our lives, what would we see? It's a thought, isn't it? Over these last few weeks on the program, we've been taking a serious, serious look at not just eternity, but what it is that you and I do here and now, day by day, in the complete and utter ordinariness of our lives that influences how we're going to spend the rest of eternity. And for me, it's been a really sobering few weeks, an encouraging few weeks, A chance really to think through these things in my own life. Am I living the sort of life, really, that reflects that I have a faith in Jesus Christ? If I was arrested in a foreign land and accused of being a Christian, would there in fact be enough evidence to sustain the charges? Because you know something, it's the easiest thing in the world to start off giving our lives over to Jesus and thinking, yes, yes, I am on that journey to eternity with God. But then... While we're hurtling at a hundred miles an hour towards that eternity to fall asleep at the wheel. And this week, we're looking at what it means to fall asleep in the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament. Jesus himself goes to seven churches and points out the things that they're doing that constitute falling asleep at the wheel on the road to eternity. And today, we're going to look at the third and fourth of those churches, Pergamum and Thyatira. 
because it turns out that they're guilty of the same thing. Have a listen to me to what Jesus says to the church at Pergamum. Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 to 17. And to the angel of the church at Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know where you are living, where Satan's throne is. Yet you are holding fast to my name, and you are not denying your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, who was killed among you where Satan lives. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel so that they would eat food sacrificed to idols and practice fornication. So you also have some who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent then. If not, I will come to you soon and make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has an ear... Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give a white stone, and on that white stone is written a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. Now, Pergamum was by far the most impressive city in Asia, about 10 miles in from the Aegean Sea in what we now know as Turkey. It was kind of the centre of things remarkable and spectacular buildings, and whilst the early Christians lived there, it was the centre of worship for four of the most important pagan cults of the day. It was, for instance, the centre in Asia for the imperial cult. A temple was built there to worship the Roman Emperor Augustus in 29 BC. And so this letter to the church in Pergamon begins by acknowledging how hard it is to live as Christians in this place. And Jesus commends those Christians about how they've stuck with it through thick and thin, through persecution and through martyrdom. I know where you are living, where Satan's throne is, yet you are holding fast in my name and you did not deny your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one who was killed among you where Satan lives. This is true in so many places around the world and not necessarily just in places where there's overt persecution. In many affluent cities and places where on the one hand people are apparently free to worship whoever or whatever they choose, there can be a lot of pressure for those who claim to be Christians. Scorn, ridicule, those fundamentalists, those simpletons. And it's that subtle form of persecution that brings compromises. And it's the compromises that Jesus is taking the church to Pergamum to task over. Verse 14 of chapter 2. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel, so that they would eat food sacrificed to idols and practice fornication. It doesn't matter who we are or where we live. There are social pressures that come as society as a whole as the culture shifts to different ways of thinking. Those ways of thinking are almost always held out as being more enlightened and more progressive than the old ways of thinking. You and I, we're immersed in the culture in which we live. If you go to China, then luck is very important. Lucky numbers, the number eight in particular. In parts of Africa, witchcraft is simply part of the social order. Or you go to India, and the Hindu class system is part of everyone's thinking. Or you come to where I live, and just recently an art gallery hung some so-called art of a nude 13-year-old and complained when the police tried to close them down. 
And these things eat away and eat away. Strong messages of acceptable sexual behaviour fill our screens, especially in the shows our kids watch. And it goes on and on and on, and eventually we kind of roll over and we give in to the culture. We make compromises, and that's what Jesus is saying here to the church at Pergamum, and that's what he's saying to you and me here and now. There are not many things that God tells us not to do. In fact, there are only the things that are destructive and hurtful and painful. Don't murder, don't steal, don't lie, don't be envious, don't sleep around. You know, they're pretty obvious, right? And see, the same thing is going on here, not just in Pergamum, but in Thyatira. You can read it for yourself in Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. And God's message is clear. Repent, and if you don't, I will come soon and make war against you with the sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying. My friend, it is so easy to rationalise the sin of the world away as being progressive thinking and to become part of it. The easiest thing in the world. But God wants to make it clear to us today that that's not what he's saying. And on that day when we stand before him to give an account, let me ask you, whose opinion do you think is going to matter? with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free and I'd love to send it to you. Each day you'll receive a life-changing scripture together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement from me delivered right to your inbox where you can choose to read, listen or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's word is the power to change and it's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll-free on 1300-722-415 to request the printed devotional if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of His Word. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time tomorrow, with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.